Back firstly to rural Queensland today. Um, the Senator Honourable Matt Canavan joining me this morning, and uh, so much to get through. Matt, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. G'day, Dolly. Good mate. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to yourself. We just spoke to uh, Luke Bradnam, who's obviously in Bowen at the moment for Channel Nine, and, and you know a lot going on in North Queensland with this cyclone. Obviously. Um, parts of your electorate and where you live um, look like that they are going to be impacted by some weather in the next couple of days. Not unexpected, but, I mean, you know, it's always a, 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 a sit-and-watch and waiting time at this moment for anybody in North Queensland or Central Queensland because in the summer, this is what happens. Yeah, it is, it is, Dobbo, and, uh, I mean, people up here are obviously used to it and prepared for it. Uh uh, and uh, you know we saw during the the, the Cairns flooding there that uh, there was it was um, remarkable how people reacted and largely kept safe. I think there was there was one fatality uh, that was somewhat associated with the events, which was an absolute tragedy. But main thing is people to keep safe for the next few days. Uh, fortunately, at this stage, at least this cyclone uh, is not at the severe sort of rating. But I think everyone's a bit more worried about the next next uh, few days and even weeks uh, yeah. when the, the rain hits the rain comes. central Queensland and it's already in some parts a fairly sodden ground so there might be a lot of flows into rivers and, and, and maybe even some, some river run flooding in places but look uh, it's just something as I say we're prepared for, we know about and uh, I'm sure central and north Queensland is going to respond in their typical fashion and then come together I, um, I, I'm with you on that, I, I'm worried about like and I'm I'm at pains to criticise the Bureau of Meteorology for what they did last year. I've been very scathing of them. But, you know, they're trying to give warnings. Now they're saying it could be potentially five hundred, up to 500 millimetres. Well, towns like Roma, Longreach, Blackall, Bark, Alden, Mount Isa, they can't handle that kind of rain. And um, if that's the case, there's going to be some, some real dramas, uh, which I think everybody, and I've had phone calls from people all across, from Julia Creek all the way down to Roma, people worried about some of the, the reporting from the Bureau of Meteorology. Matt, how, how do we get it a bit better? I mean, no one can ever predict the weather, but at the end of last year, the scare tactics and you know that happened from the Labor government with Anastasia Palaszczuk, the former Premier, and the Bureau of Meteorology coming in and, and barking out you know extreme heat and catastrophic and all these words, and the media hopped onto it, and it was front page of every paper, and then we saw this mass exodus of sell-offs of cattle, and I mean, at, at, you know, there could be a class action. You know, the, you know, some of the the loss of earnings that has happened, and, and they got it so horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it, it's a bit hard for me to pinpoint exactly what is going wrong. I, I don't know all the internal workings of the bureau. Something is going wrong. I think there needs to be a proper investigation here. But I also wouldn't put only the bureau in the dock. Obviously, they've got to be accountable. But uh, as you've outlined there, a lot of the problems I think came from the the use of the bureau's advice to spread spread panic. Uh, I think at times, at least, in pursuit of a political objective to worry people about climate change. Like, yeah. that's what's happening here. And yeah. obviously, I've got some questions about the Bureau and how they approach climate change, whether that's impacting on what they do. But, but you know, in fairness to the Bureau, every major meteorological institute in the world was predicting an El Nino. Uh, the issue is that then the politicians get involved, take that prediction and turn it into to Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, when we get El Ninos all the time, uh, and some El Ninos are strong, some aren't so strong. And you know, as I say, in fairness to the weather forecasters, I, I sort of agree with Yogi Berra that uh, predictions are really difficult, especially when they're about the future. It is very, very tough, and and so we just got to 
I think, always have a grain of salt in the media and in politics with any of the predictions. We've got to prepare ourselves, of course, but we should be preparing ourselves for any natural disaster because anything can hit you, uh, as we've seen this summer. Uh, and and um, not not just spread panic through the community, which, as you say, has caused, I think, a lot of heartache in some parts of the farming community where sell-offs occur, occurred at uh, bargain basin prices. Matt, Chris Bowen is in the headlights a lot at the present moment. There was some impact study on renewables and the impact that it has a report that was, um, you know, penned last June, July, uh, around renewables in towns and the impact that it's going to have on it. We all know. We all dead set now. He won't release it. What are they trying to hide? I mean, this – I'm speaking to people who are now getting wind – there's wind farms going up in Julia Creek. I know in, in your area, in central Queensland, it is just absolutely ripe at the moment. Everywhere is going on. People can do what they want. If you, if you want renewables, you get the green light. But if you want to be a farmer and you want to be a grazier and you, you want to be a beef producer, you've got to jump through so many hoops. Why are the Labor government hiding what the impacts are? Because we, I believe they're going to be of negative impacts to communities, but they just won't come out with it. Well, they clearly have something to hide here, I think. Uh, yes, this report was commissioned last year and the Minister's now had it, I believe, had the final report for a few months and and uh, it's just uh, sitting in a drawer somewhere in Canberra. And I think the people, the Australian people, deserve to know uh, what's in this report, what it recommends. Uh, because as you say, so many people's lives are being turned upside down by often foreign shareholders who are clearly here just to make a buck. You know, they're not interested in lowering power prices to people. In fact, some of these operators want power prices to go up, of course, because that means they get profits for them. Uh, and, and they're doing so in a way that then destroys a lot of people's local ambience, their communities divides communities. I've seen all over uh, Queensland happening and uh, something's got to be done. Now, we've got a rally in Canberra in a couple of weeks, uh, the first day back uh, uh, for Parliament on the 6th of February. Uh, uh, you know, Chris Bowen should release, he's been invited to speak, I doubt he'll appear, but the least he could do would be to release this report ahead of that rally so the people coming to Canberra can uh, have the same full insights that he, he's got as a minister. So there, there will be a renewables rally. Can you just explain what is actually taking place on the 6th of Feb? Yep, yep, for sure. It's being organised by uh, a number of people right around the country. I, I caught up with them on Zoom last week. Uh, they're calling it the uh, Stop Reckless Renewables uh, Rally. Uh, uh, it, there's a whole bunch of people that have, have, have uh, effectively uh, made friends with each other through this fight. It's happening all around the country. And they're going, we've had some of these types of rallies at different state parliaments. Yep. There's a big one in Sydney last year, one in Brisbane. Uh, and then this time they're all going to come to Canberra in one go. So that's Tuesday, the 6th of February, kick off about 10 a.m. in the morning on the lawns of Parliament House, uh, just in front of Parliament House. There. So if you're in the area or can make it down, you're more than welcome. Uh, the more the merrier. I think people uh, need to travel there. There's people speaking there. There's a great guy, Steve Noah Kiski, Noah Kiski, I think I might be slightly mispronouncing his name, but he's, he's done a remarkable amount of work mapping out uh, the devastation that these... Uh, uh, wind and solar factories are causing on our local environment. He's a he's a he's a greenie himself. He's actually run for the Greens political party, but I've become good friends with him, and he's he's uh, he's really woken up to this issue. And as I often say, Dobbo, um, uh, 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 I, I never thought I'd be donning a koala suit in politics and uh, you know protesting to protect the little fairy creatures. But I find myself in this position because the Greens political party is doing absolutely nothing to protect the local environment. That should be their job. Uh, uh, apart from the impact on communities and people, 
some of these wind factories here in central Queensland are being put in the most pristine uh, rainforest areas, uh, which sugar, where rare sugar gliders, yep. koalas live. Um, we shouldn't be putting these kinds of industrial projects in these places. I, I wouldn't want a coal mine there. I uh, wouldn't even want irrigated farming there. Uh, definitely don't want big, large um, uh, structures that are that are as tall as skyscrapers in a city in these places. Why? And we're talking with Senator Matt Canavan this morning, uh, and the sixth of February, and we will we will cover this. You know, I might even go down. You know, if I can get there, I think that that is an important part. It is so divisive. The only way it changes is a change of government. Am I right in saying that? Because they are hell-bent, they are hell-bent, the Labor government, because of the deals they've done with the Greens, and the damage could be done. I'm speaking to, to local councils who have no say whatsoever. This has come from the very top, and in it's never been like this, Matt. It, it, every single community, neighbours that have been best friends for 40 years no longer yeah, talk to each other. Yeah, like, this yeah. is where it's got to... It, we are all about community in the bush, as you know, and it has divided yeah. all of rural Queensland. You've got no idea, like people just have no idea the kind of destruction it's done on that level, let alone, you know, knocking down mountains, just bulldozing yeah. mountains down, like yeah. natural. Yeah. And this is the same people that reckon there's coral bleaching and they've got vegetation and, and Great Barrier Reef laws, right, that are in yeah. place, yeah. even if you live in yeah. Charleville. Yeah, yeah, farmer couldn't do it. Farmer would go to jail for yeah. what these foreigners are getting away with. Uh, but because, as you said, they're, they're the flavour of the month, they're this clean, green, renewable energy, apparently they can get away with blue murder. And, and look, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't need to change the government. Look, I fear it would need to change the government to see uh, the kind of change that I'd like to see, which is much greater restrictions or outright prohibitions uh, on uh, some of these projects in certain places. I mean, look what we did with calcium gas, where we've taken them off rightly, correctly, said no calcium gas wells on prime agricultural land. Well, there should be similar restrictions here against uh, uh, these industrialised uh, energy projects on prime agri- agricultural land on our prime environmental sites as well. Uh, that should come in place. Now, look, uh, in saying that uh, I think it might change, uh, take a change of government, I do think there's some hope even before an election that, yes, yeah, some individual projects can be stopped. Uh, some, uh, some action can be taken in the most severe and egregious cases. I mean, look at that offshore wind project down off the coast of Victoria. That's been stopped by, you know, in fairness, the Federal Labor Environment Minister. They wanted to build a massive port on a Ramsar-listed wetland. We've only yeah. got 57 of these pristine wetlands around the country. And uh, these, again, foreign companies want to come in and build a port there. Now, uh, thankfully, Tanya Plibersek has the common sense to say no to that. So there is still hope that, you know, we can, with enough political pressure, make some change. Um, but, you know, in terms of really making a difference across the country, I, I think, you know, your prognosis is right that, you know, it's going to be a matter of the election. Uh, we're a Labor Party committed to an 82% renewable target. They're committed to building uh, their net zero plans, solar and wind factories, uh, to, the, to, the, to the extent of the size of half of Victoria. They want to blanket half of Victoria with solar and wind factories across our country is absolutely absurd. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Matt Canavan joining us this morning. We're going to take a quick break, come back with more.